We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everyone. Before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial set. So, whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Again, that's bwhustle.com slash join. Andy Lou, Warriors are two and two, title coming. I've never felt better about a second victory than I did tonight. You know, actually, tonight's victory was a lot better than uh, the one against the Bulls. The Bulls, you felt it. Honestly, it felt like it felt they like they cheated. Game. Yeah, they cheated that game. Like they played terrible the whole, like literally three and a half quarters, and and somehow found a way to win because of Steph. This game. They didn't play very well through stretches of the game, but I thought the bench played well enough throughout the game. I thought the, I thought Steph looked amazing. He's like to a point where I think he looks as about as Steph as I can hope for for the rest of the season. Uh, and I think that, you know, most guys play well. Like Brad Wanamaker, you brought him in, he played well. Eric Paschal, a guy that's been terrible all season, played well. Kelly Oubre, fantastic on defense, despite not shooting again. And then Andrew Wiggins, you know, had one of his Andrew Wiggins games that he has every few weeks and decided to bring it out against the Pistons, and they needed it. So, to me, it was a very fun – oh, let's not forget, James Wiseman had his one highlight a game, despite playing poorly all game. So, it was, I think, an all-around fun, fun victory. You know what's funniest for me is um, 
So I think this is probably Wiseman's weakest game for the Warriors, like all the way through. And it's fine. He's a rookie. He was fouling a lot. He was making mistakes. But it's also the game where he went the most viral because he had that one coast to coast. And next thing I know, I see Bleacher Report. I see ESPN. I see, you know, I see the, you know, Wiseman, like, emoji thing just floating across my timeline. I'm like, is this not the NBA? Wiseman played so much better in other games. But, like, what's catching people's attention is he had that one super highlight play, even though tonight he just he looked like a rookie. Yeah, he looked like he was three steps behind tonight. He looked like he was trying to figure out what to do in real time, which is, like, never really the play. Um, it, yeah, it, it was – a 19-year-old that hadn't played basketball in what seemed like a decade. So I didn't feel too bad about it. He was, weirdly enough, a plus 20, plus 23 in the 22 minutes that he played. Steph effect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he well, he, and then he also played in that, like, Wiggins stretch. So we call it the Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins stretch tonight. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, I thought he wasn't great. He played. You know, here's the thing. Kevon Looney was so bad, Sam. He was so bad that I think just having a seven-footer out there to, to, to just be there and block someone out from not getting rebounds was good enough tonight at the five position. I saw um, – it might have been uh, Aaron Larswell has been on the show, brought it up. He says, like, he's a mess on defense, but he's also huge. And sometimes just having length and contesting is all that matters. And that's kind of on some level, like, yeah, he was constantly in the wrong position – but he has a seven, seven wingspan. Like he had a couple blocks that were, let's just say no other center can make those mistakes and still recover and make those blocks because no one else is that big and uh, that athletic. Right. I can't even and, think of anyone. Yeah. That big. The like NBA, Rudy, like, Rudy Gobert is that big, but Rudy yeah. Gobert doesn't make those mistakes at this stage of his career. Maybe oh, yeah. he did when he was much younger. Um, but like, it kind of speaks to the point. And I, and I do want to bring this up before we get comments. Like any Wiseman comments are under the guise of he's a rookie. Like, you know, no one's expecting him to be all NBA defense at this point. It's just kind of commenting on what we're seeing now. I think he, I mean, it's been four games. I will be very disappointed if he's not a multi-time all-star uh, once he hits his stride. Ooh. Do you, do you disagree with me? I don't, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. But, but that doesn't mean it's happening in 2021. You know, it means it's going to be a little bit of a process for him to get there. So it's just kind of monitoring the growth stuff. Like end of the day, they, they did nail the pick. And now it's just going to be really interesting how he develops over time because he has the tools to be an elite defender. He also has the tools to be an elite offensive player, but he also is kind of a 19 year old who clearly hasn't played a lot of basketball. And it's, it's going to be an up and down process. Yeah, I mean, like Giannis at 19 was in the league, right? He was in the league. He played 77 games. He played. I'm literally looking at the numbers right now. He played 25 minutes, less than seven points, right? Like uh, four rebounds, two two assists. Like he wasn't like 40 40 percent from the field. Like it, it took him until year four, <laughs> 22 years old, Sam, for him to hit past the 20 point mark. Not that that means he's an elite offensive player, but. Like, it could take James Wiseman. Somebody asked us, friend of the show, Logan Murdoch, asked us tonight, like, do you think that James Wiseman is going to be ready to help Steph win a championship? And we're like, well, I mean, I don't – he's not going to be an MVP in three years, two years. If he is, my God, right? If he is, then he's he's Kevin Durant. If he's he's Kevin Durant. 
If he's competing for MVPs at 21, he's the new Kareem. Like, yeah, literally, like, that's what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did. <laughs> so you give, give him the three years. I mean, the question is more so, maybe not for tonight's podcast, but whether, whether Draymond is Draymond and, and, Clay is, and Clay is Clay. But, like, that's the James Wiseman trajectory, right? It's like, it's like three years down the line, this guy, this motherfucker might really be, uh, he might really be David Robinson. Well, and I think it's interesting. I do think he can help a team win a title in a year or two, but probably not as like one of your two best players, right? I think the the trajectory of Wiseman being like Anthony, you know, being like the one A or one B on a title team is definitely like five, seven years down the line. But um, he has so much talent both physical and skill, honestly. The skills is still what, what kind of wows me. It's like he's actually better jump shooting than kind of working around the basket at this point, right? And um, I do think he can help, uh, you know, if the Warriors put the requisite amount of talent on the roster, he can play maybe a smaller role on a winning team next year. And then in like two, three years, he can be the bigger role as maybe Steph plays less minutes. Uh, this is assuming everything goes right. So like, there's nothing negative to say about him in general. It's just kind of trying to be realistic about like what you can expect out of him right now. Again, the issue is they need him to be a starting caliber center on a team competing for the playoffs as a 19 year old rookie. It's not that he's doing poorly as a 19 year old rookie. The vision Sam is that he is Kawhi Leonard Right. And like that that's that's the vision. Kawhi Leonard won it won the finals MVP, but he wasn't the best player on the Spurs. Like he won uh-huh. the finals MVP because he guarded LeBron. He had one job. And he got really hot for three games. Pretty yeah, much. like yeah. I mean that's 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 what happened. And from there he became the superstar when when everybody had kind of retired and had fallen off the map. That's you know, a bit of what James Wiseman's role is. Like the Warriors, they may or may not have one title left in them. Right with the core of Steph, Traymond, and Clay. A, you know, a year from now or two years from now, who knows? And right. and and the, and the point is that James Wiseman could be the guy that's the center for those teams. Not the best player, but might be a very very valuable player, especially in a crunch time. And then when Draymond's done and Clay's done and Steph is on the end of his career, or Steph and Clay are on the end of the career, James Wiseman becomes the guy uh, uh, to run the team. Like that's that's kind of I think the vision. Um, and I think, I mean, it makes sense, right? It makes sense. That's, that's kind of the positives that I take coming out of this game. There's a lot of negatives. Yeah. As if well, you want to, if you want to bring up the Kawhi point, here's an interesting number for you. What do you think Kawhi averaged in 2014 in his third year when he won the finals MVP um, and they won the title? And like, obviously everyone knows that team was um, kind of defined by their ball movement and there being no like alpha, but what do you think he averaged for the season? I want to say mid teens. 12.8 points. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then four years later, uh, the 16, 17 Spurs, you know, the one that, uh, the one they won 67 games, um, or 61 games, sorry. They looked like they were going to challenge the Warriors and then, you know, Zaza tripped and all that sort of stuff. Then Kawhi was averaging 25 and a half. And by that point, guys like, you know, um, Danny, you know, Tony Parker were playing, were averaging 10, 11 points and Manu was averaging the same also. So it was, I mean, that's what everyone hopes for that kind of like he can play a role when they're healthy and competing. And then as Steph turns 36, 
37 yep. and you know, he's, he goes, he's, he's averaging 18 instead of 28. Wiseman's I, then ready to average like 27, 27 points a game. Um, and I think that that was fun about, I, I, I enjoyed what Steve Kerr did tonight with, with Wiseman is that I think he was going to finish with him. I think it was not like the Bulls game where the Bulls game where Looney was going to finish and Looney was just, I mean, the Bulls game was probably the worst game that Wiseman had played, although the foul trouble that he was in this game was right up there. But it's sure. like, but it's like he was like, hey, I'm going to trust my veteran uh, and I'm, I want to win this game. It's a close game. This game, same thing, close game, but Wiseman was part of that run that kind of sparked them uh, with the block on Plumley and then the coast-to-coast dunk. He was on the floor when Andrew Wiggins was going off. And I think Kerr was ready to just throw him out there and leave him out there, and then he picks up two quick fouls, right? Which is just classic guy that doesn't know what he's doing. But uh, you, just you classic, have to classic do that. rookie. Yeah. You have to do that, though. I think they have to do that at this point because, I mean, one, there's nobody else you're throwing out there that's demonstratively better. And you just let him go through the growing pains. There's no other, there's no other way to do it. And I think they're going to sign another big man. Um, I mean, I don't think. I, I just, they have to. There's no other way around it. Like, um, you just need another body in there. They might not do it for a week or two, but like at some point, you need a third big man just for insurance purposes. You know, Wiseman picked up six fouls in 22 minutes tonight. Um, in another game where they're playing a better team, he could foul out in less minutes. And I don't know that Looney can play much more. So you just need another body on the roster. And that, and all of that is, you know, God knows when Looney or, or Wiseman will roll their ankle and have to sit two games, you know, like at some point you just need bodies. So, yep. Yep. I mean, who are they going to get rid of? It's another story. Um, but let's move on. <laughs> let's let's move to the uh, other parts of the game. I want to talk. Where, who do you want to go? Where do you want to go? I think we have to talk about um, the, the two main things are Wiseman or sorry, not Wiseman, Wiggins and Steph Curry here. So, yeah. where do you want to start? I'll let you go first. All right, Andrew Wiggins uh, gave his little little KD impression tonight. Um, I thought he looked fantastic even before that. St- okay, let's not do fantastic. I thought he looked. I thought he played very well before the stretch where he made a bunch of threes, um, slash into the hole, made a couple nice passes, solid enough on defense. I mean, the box score says three blocks and one steal, um, but like there was an impact there rebounds seven rebounds like for a guy that can jump as high as he seven, could seven rebounds with nine rebounds the previous game if he's yeah. gonna give us seven to nine rebounds a game like that's kind of what you you've always been expecting out of him because his athleticism be that guy yep they turned the faucet off in the second half massive offensive rebounds all over play all over the place for Detroit in the first but then nothing in the second right so I thought for Wiggins like Back-to-back good games now. The first, the, 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 the Chicago game, the box score wasn't great, but I thought he played well. This game, the box score looks great, and I think he did play well. Um, you don't expect five for eight from three. Honestly, you don't even expect four for four from the free throw line. Particularly since um, great decisions, I want to say at least three of those threes are off the dribble. And, I mean, I, I feel like that's really the, that's a swing scale for Wiggins, honestly. If his shot can be more consistent, and I'm not saying it will, or I believe it will, because you know he's he's been in the league a long time. But like honestly, if he can hit shots at, and I'm not saying five for eight, but if he can go three for eight consistently from three, if he can shoot 37 and a half percent from three, he's going to be a damn good player. If he's shooting 30 percent from three, I don't think he's really good enough at everything else he does to be that impactful. So, and, and I feel like it kind of gets back to our same issues with the Warriors the whole way through. Like Kerr at least has started realizing 
he needs more shooting. So he's playing Damian Lee more. Damian Lee's kind of got the hot hand, right? Right now. Um, they need to find shooting any way they can get it. And in a, in a perfect world, Wiggins and Ubre would be guys who anything over 35% from three, I'll be thrilled for the two of them, right? Like if they can, if they can be at that 36 ish range, I'll feel very confident that this team is a playoff team. If they're sitting at 30%, they need Steph to essentially play at a MVP level every night to carry how little shooting they have. Yeah. And and tonight (laughs) six for 12 from three from the slash brothers. Um, I think even better defense. I thought this was going to be a top five team. That was my bold prediction two weeks ago now defensively. And finally, 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 they look like that tonight, not for the entire game for, but for large stretches of the game, I thought they looked that good. Um, I, so I have a different take than you. I want to wait until we see Draymond for like five to 10 games before I make uh, any feelings on their defense. Draymond's just far and away the best defensive player on the roster. And it's like not close. And um, you know, it's like, I almost feel like judging the defense without Draymond would be like judging the offense without Steph. But here's the thing. I think that Juan Toscano, actually, this is the guy that I want to talk about. Juan Toscano Anderson, who I did not enjoy in the preseason, but essentially is playing the Draymond role and is good enough defensively to like make you think like, shit, this team could be good defensively if Draymond is in that role. Right. There was a stretch there in that, I want to say third quarter, that they had they had Steph, Toscana Anderson, Wiseman, right? He had them at the four, Wiseman, Ubre, and Wiggins, and those guys were just really locking in, getting deflections, really right. even throwing that full court press out there. That, to me, felt like the way that this team should be playing for the rest of the season. So if Draymond comes back, which, you know, hopefully will be Friday, I think that's what they have to get to every single game. And it's worth noting, um, you know, we, we mentioned Wiseman's a rookie. And he's learning on the fly. That's really where Draymond is probably most impactful. Like you need your backline defender to be the main communicator. And like, it's not going to be a 19 year old Weissman. Uh, Juan Toscano Anderson did do an excellent job of it this game. Like all things considered, but like, he's not Draymond green. So I do think like when you get Draymond in there, it makes everyone's job a little easier. And as frustrating as they are to watch and, you know, we can, we can harp on all the negatives and God knows, you know, I do. Um, it's like, uh, it, it, I, I don't know if I can really judge them until we see how it Draymond looks with them over a 10 to 12 game span. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be, uh, I mean, hopefully man, hopefully, hopefully that's, that's coming on Friday. Um, and, and then Sunday we'll see, but let, yeah, let me ask you this. what do you think of Steph's game? He is as close, I think, to being the the Steph Curry that we know as he's been all season. It's the to me, he doesn't just he's not a player that comes out here and then is dribble combo, hezzy hezzy, you know, dancing and then and then floating. Oh, shout shout out shout out uh Kalena for telling people what Hezzy meant. To be fair, Sam, to be fair, Fitz had asked him about that, which oh, you know, I know, just, I know. Which is like Jesus. Actually, let's talk about the broadcast later on. Um <laughs> God. And then so to me it always it always feels like watching me and you watching Steph all these years is that like he needs like a mid-range jump shot. He needs like a backdoor layup to get that rhythm going, which is not to say he's worse than anyone else, because I think once he gets his rhythm going, he's the best offensive player in the league. 
But this game, he finally did and said, hey, I'm going to shoot a mid-range jump shot, get my rhythm, and then he's going to go into shooting threes and getting to the hole and all of that. So to me, Sam, I think he's, he's about as great as he's looked in a long time. I didn't see anything from him where I thought, man, this is not going to be good. Outside of, I mean, the guy's getting hammered on these, on these drives to the rim, and he's not getting calls still. So that's scary. That was, that was weird. Today. today was, I mean, I'm just going to chop it up to weird officiating today, but it's something to note because historically that's kind of been a thing for Steph, right? Um, yeah, it was scary a couple times. I do agree with you. I think what I liked most about Steph's game, both what I liked most and what was most frustrating is I don't feel like he took over. He had 31, six and six without necessarily breaking a serious sweat, which reminds me it's a little more who Steph is in my opinion. Like he's going to need to play harder against better teams. He's going to probably need to force the issue this weekend against Portland, who's better than this Detroit team or some of the, you know, the Clippers, some of the teams coming up where he can't necessarily just let the game come to him. Um, but with that said, it was good to see Steph just kind of round into form. Like I never get worried about his shooting. I never get worried about his feel. Like he just needed games to get his yeah. rhythm under his, under his legs. Right. Like, I mean, he's too proven. He's too good. It's it just is what it is with him. So just just chill out a little bit and let him figure yeah. it out, right? Uh, Jordan Poole got his third year option picked up. By the way, if we want to talk about that, I don't. Um, congratulations, Jordan Poole. Good for you. Still think that Jordan Poole should not be playing and that Ken Bazemore should be playing those minutes. It is what it is. Um, he was drafted by the front office. The front office is going to want to play the person that they drafted. All right. Uh, um, anything else on Steph Curry? The eight turnovers were ugly. I will say. Um, he's still, I, I was wrestling with this a little bit. Um, he, he's the guy, he's a high IQ guy on this team. He can't be Correct. the guy now that Andre Godala and Sean Livingston, Hey, you guys take care of the basketball. I'm going to go ahead and just be who I am. Right. Steph has to be the guy as the, as the lead guard to say, I can't make these dumb passes. He started a game with the, literally like a one handed pass cross court that had no chance going to, uh, I think it was Ubre in the corner, right? Then he drives to the hole. He throws another lefty one through two people. It's like that type of stuff where it's – yeah, he that's how he plays. That's how he's free-flowing, right? Love of the game. But, man, you got to cut some of that stuff out. Um, we'll see if he could do it, but that just – it just might be something you got to swallow. Yeah, I'm, I'm of the impression you have to swallow it because I think turnovers are somewhat overrated. I would rather have Steph playing free and live with the fact that he has a couple dumb passes a game than have Steph overthinking it. Like I'm I'm always going to err on the side of nothing bad is coming from Steph being overly aggressive. Like him taking 50 shots is ultimately going to be better than him taking 10 shots because he's trying to, he's trying too hard to be like Hoosiers right play, you know? So, um, while you are correct, and I don't disagree with you, like I really wish he'd cut that out. I'm okay with living yeah. with those bad yeah. turnovers. Yeah. Cause we still haven't got a Steph game. In my opinion, I mean, against Chicago, he he won the game in the second half and he did what he had to do against Detroit, but it wasn't a yep. Steph game. We yep. both know what a Steph game looks yeah, like. Yeah. He had he dragged them to the like that yeah, was yeah. Steph dragging them to the finish line. That that was not that's not who he is. I'm with you on that. It's a great point. Uh, the Steph game is is he's coming out, he's 
he he just made four threes in a row. The Warriors go up twenty. Although Sam, like I don't think this team is good enough to go twenty against anyone. Go up twenty against if they're not going up twenty against Detroit Pistons and Chicago Bulls, right? Like I don't I don't I don't know. But uh, but you know how those Steph games go. Like that thing is a blowout. Like uh, that thing's not close. Even if you go back to the earlier Steph games before Steve Kerr came, and they were good, but like you know inconsistent. It's Steph. You felt Steph games. You felt when he got hot and it was, you know, maybe, maybe it's just going to feel different because there's no fans in the stands this year, but like you could feel when he was in the mood to start cooking. Like I can think of games against Portland in 13 and 14 where he got 47, 50 points, stuff like that. You're just like, Oh no, this dude is, is feeling it. And he's pushing, pushing the gas pedal and doing everything he has to do there. So, you know, it's coming though, but I do think it's a good sign for the Warriors if they can win games with Steph being in, I don't want to say second or third gear, but like something where you're like, you know, he's not giving you his full energy because it's a little more worrisome if you need 50 points from Steph to beat Detroit. Yeah, it it is. And I think that's what the next, uh, I think that's what the schedule coming up, right? Let's let's do a couple of things. Uh, are, are we done with the game? Because I, I want to yeah, talk yeah, schedule. Yeah, we're done. Well, okay. well, we're going to talk about the game with Laz Jackson okay. um, of uh, you know the Pistons SB Nation affiliate and Blue Wire later about the game. So let's let's move on. Let's do two things. Let's do Fitz first uh, and Kalena because everybody was texting about it and tw- texting me about it and tweeting about it. <sighs> the moaning, Sam, it's got to stop. The moaning has got to stop. I like the sigh you threw in there. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's peak. Like I'm not even mad. I'm disappointed. Uh, I I don't know. What do we say? Like it's, it's enjoyable. And that like, if you see it as entertaining, it's fun, but it does get a little in talk. Like when the Warriors are not playing well, I would like to be told once or twice that they're not playing well. Okay. I get the shilling. The shilling is funny, Sam. It's funny. It is. The propaganda is funny, but just, I, I also think it's funnier in the preseason when it's like, it doesn't matter. Whereas now it's like, these are regular season games. I know what my eyes are telling me. And you're out here just trying to lie to us. You know, like we, we already dealt with that with four years of the president. Do we really need like more of this going on? Like it's a little tiresome to just watch everyone just, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, I guess I get you summed it up better than me. I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to piggyback on. <laughs> it's, it's, it's our, it's our frustrations a little bit. It, it's, it's everything that we know about Fitz that we don't enjoy, and it. And you're right; it it is funny when things don't matter. But look, man, when I'm watching, when I'm watching, it was it was funny last year when we knew they were gonna suck because Steph was out. But yeah. like, yeah, right now it's like I know the rest of the league doesn't think they're a playoff team, and maybe they're not. But until it's official, I'm gonna ride with you know they have Steph, they have Draymond, and until they're out of it, they're not out of it. Yeah, and it's like, it's okay to say that Jordan Poole is playing bad. It's okay to say Wanamaker shouldn't have made that pass, right? Like, I'm. A, it's not the end of the world if we hear about a player it's, playing it's bad. It's okay to comment about the fact that maybe Ubre shouldn't try to drive into four bodies every time. <laughs> because you know what, Sam? Every single viewer that listens to us and every single viewer, like your dad, everybody's dad, mom, brother, sister, is getting annoyed you know, in the middle don't, of these don't games. Don't forget the cousins. The cousins, right? Like, they are not happy watching some of this stuff. It's like, why the hell is Andrew Wiggins not pa- – like, why didn't he pass that ball? Why is Eric Paschal not passing yet again, right? Like, it's fine to do that. It doesn't mean you hate the basketball team, but it's like we would – there has to be a genuine – there has to be a level of uh, 
like like realness <laughs> to this. I think right. Fitz is like, come on, Fitz, let's get it together. Come on, Fitz. Uh, and th- and this is where I really miss Jim Barnett because JB does not have it in him to lie. Like he's going to be sympathetic if guys make mistakes, but he's not going to like tell you Wiggins dribbling into three defenders is a good decision. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I will say Kalena is. Uh, yeah, we said it on the last part. I don't know what he's trying to do here. He seems like he's having fun, though, Sam. I will say that he seems like he's having fun. Great attitude. Great. Great. Yes. Great energy level. But like, <laughs> I. I you know, it, it strikes me. I I don't want this to come off incorrectly. Um, Fitz has been there twenty years, and Colin is in year two. It strikes me as a guy who doesn't want to overstep when their boss or like someone more senior than them makes corny jokes. Whereas you know, someone like Barnett is not like in awe of Fitz, right? Like it's not the same type of thing where he's like. You know, he, I mean, I, I swear Barnett's like threatened to fight Fitz on broadcast in the past. I might be making that up in my head, but I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure he has. And there's a reason why Fitz is still hired at, at the, at the station. We will move on. I just, we just wanted to, (laughs) we want, I wanted to go over some Fitz stuff, but the schedule, Sam, let's, before we get out of the schedule here in the next, in the next week or so is seven game homestand, Portland, Portland, SAC, Clippers, Clippers, uh, Toronto, Indiana. We don't have to go through all of them, but presuming Draymond's going to be back here, what do you think that the Warriors need to be here in the next five games? And I'm going to assume Kawhi is playing too for the Clippers games. So it's Portland, Portland, Kings, Clippers, Clippers. The two and two. Portland, Portland, Kings, Clippers, Clippers, Raptors. Yep. Who are terrible right now, by the way. 0 and 3. In Indiana. So seven games at home. I would say they need to go four and three. Wow. Maybe need three, to go and four, and three for what? Maybe three for, and four. For what? Need to go four and three for what? They need to be around 500 as they're figuring it out. Here's what I think. I think even when Draymond comes back, it's going to take him a handful of games to figure it out. We just watched Steph. Steph looks – Steph looked like Steph tonight. That does not mean Steph looked like Steph opening night. Like Draymond's probably going to look a little gross the first few games, right? It's just yeah. part of the process. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if if they were fully running, I would say they need to win two games against the Kings, split with Portland, um, win against the Raptors and Pacers, and you know whatever happens with the yeah, Clippers. That is. That is a but that's not that's not happening. So they're going to probably drop at least a couple games I mentioned. So as long as they get three wins, I'll be okay. Four yeah. is my goal. Yeah. Sin, sit around 500 as guys get into form. That's my big thing right now because, like, you got a 19-year-old center who has all the talent in the world but is clearly a project. You have no shooting on the wings. And, um, you know, Draymond's coming back from COVID, and I think that's probably why he has wind issues, to be honest. So, it, you know, as long as they can stay around 500 as they're figuring this out, that's good for me. Yeah, um, I think Indiana looks fantastic right now. Um, they look, they look. Although they just choked the lead against the Celtics, um, Toronto looks terrible. But I think they still have good players. It's not like they're terrible, as in they're the Pistons. So I think a lot of it depends on Draymond. Uh, Sacramento even looks okay. Yeah, I mean, I see two wins, Sam. Yeah, like I see two wins, Sam. Did I say Tim? Jesus, what am I drinking? Uh, the two two wins I see. 
Uh, just just off of how bad they've looked here in the four games, and I'm like the biggest Warriors homer. Like, I, I'm, I'm very happy that they won tonight. But, like, looking at these seven games, I see two wins. It'd be nice if they can get to three. I think four is like, where are the four wins? Like, well, I don't see it. Like, <laughs> I think where, they where need, is I it? Think, I think they need three. Yeah, yeah. Success. I think, okay, you have the Kings twice, you have the Blazers twice, you have the Raptors, Pacers, and, the, and then you have the Clippers twice. They should be able to ninja three games out of there. The Clippers are a mess. Oh, ninja. Um, I think, I think, I think, I think our goal right now, honestly, be five hundred through twenty games. Okay, they're two and two. Steve Kerr said they need twenty games to figure out the rotations. <laughs> this guy's laughing. What is it? Um, but in all honesty, as long as they're hanging around five hundred. They're in the mix, and the more data we get, the more games we see, we have a better idea of what they need. Like, I haven't seen anything through these games that's new to me. Like, newsflash, they need shooting. Shooting's more important than anything. So they need to figure out where they're going to get shooting from. And other than that, like, just just hang in these games and figure out what's going on from there because the defense will get better with Draymond yes. over time. It's yes. just – it's going to take time. I think there is some regression uh, to the mean here for people like Kelly Oubre um, and Andrew Wiggins, who at all times, you know, bad shooting games the last three, four games. Um, I think that Draymond Green is going to help those guys. More Damian Lee, right? He's looked fantastic. I've not been a fan of Damian Lee, but he's been fantastic here so far, at least for what he is. He's filling the role they need, which is someone who can shoot the ball enough enough decisions, really. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly... Sometimes it's as simple as looking at three-point percentage. It's, it's like, a, you know, I don't want to overrate everything, but, like, the best teams in the league are in the top half in terms of generating high-percentage shots, and those are either threes or dunks. Yep. This team is doing neither with consistency. Um, at least tonight, Wiggins got hot from deep, and Steph is the best shooter of all time. They shot enough from deep to, to live. So we'll see how these next seven games goes. If they do win three, four games, it, I think I think they're a real team, or even five games. But um, but just don't don't shit the bed. So we're we're excited. Before we get to last um, on Detroit Bad Boys, Bet Online, the NBA is back back in action. I'm gonna do this right this time. We're gonna go through the whole thing. <laughs> no 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 errors. Fully focused. NBA is back in action, and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at a game this year. But you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win the season. Got game spreads, totals, team player, coaching props. Still not late to bet on Steph to win MVP. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today. Start wagering off wins. Start wagering on wins, division of championship futures all day, every day. Head to betonline.com.ag and take advantage of the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE, betonline.ag. BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. 
pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. So now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria and you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed offering our listeners a free $75 credit Boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates see it in fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. We have a special guest today. We got uh, editor, editor-in-chief of Bad Boys, um, or sorry, of Detroit Bad Boys yes, and sir. host of Pistons vs. Pod, Laz Jackson. Laz, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And I got to say, like, every Pistons fan immediately knew as soon as Ubre pulled on that first three, it was going down. We all knew. <laughs> it was um, – I got to get your thoughts first. So, like, you don't watch every Warriors game because you're not a masochist. Um, well, I guess I guess you watch Pistons. And you watch the Pistons. So, so I mean, what so he little, just said. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I he takes some pain. Like, let's not lie. <laughs> but um, what are your thoughts, I guess? Uh, so, I don't know how many Warriors games you watch. I mean, I, I assume you saw them on Christmas, and that was embarrassing. But now you've watched a full game of them against the Pistons. Where are you at with the Warriors overall right now? Who is Juan Toscano Anderson, and why is he playing 24 minutes a night? He's from East Oakland, so Warriors fans off, love Bay, him. Bay Area legend. Yeah, Juan so they Scott love Anderson. him. He's on a he two-way is, contract. He is on a two-way contract. And the Warriors, because he has a smart IQ and can't shoot, love him. Uh, Jeremy Grant's eyes lit up every single time he saw that dude. I think Jeremy <laughs> Grant's eyes lit up all game ever since he got paid. No, no ever, ever since, Blake went, since Blake didn't play the second half, he's like, okay, now it's my time to shine. And he actually shone. <laughs> he did not play too bad. I mean, he he uh, oh, he had 27 points, finished with that. I mean, he kind of looked exactly like the player he looked like in the bubble, to be honest, which is a pretty good player. But yeah. uh, the the I, other thing I noticed about the Warriors, you guys went, what, 11 deep? Like, Jesus. Just like a classic. lot of dudes I am not very familiar with. And I consider myself, like, pretty, like, knowledgeable about the NBA at large. It's just like, oh, I've never heard of some of these dudes. Like, why is Brad Wanamaker here? Who's Michael Mulder, and why did he play eleven minutes? Like, <laughs> I mean, these are fair questions because these I are the same questions. So much, yes. These are the same questions Andy and I kind of uh, bring up. But like when you're doing a Warrior podcast three days a week, and uh, everyone who listens to it's a diehard, they sometimes lose sight of the um, what's the expression of the forest from the trees, yeah. where they don't understand that like actually it's strange that you're playing 11 players and six of them are unknown to NBA fans outside of your little bubble. So, yeah, but like, Hey, you guys ended up winning because Steph had 31, five and five and he's still Steph. I'm a, like every time, uh, and you know, we lost to Andrew Wiggins step backs in the fourth quarter, <laughs> which is just an atrocious way to lose a basketball game. <laughs> I think the most – you would rather probably lose to Steph having like 45 oh, than for watching sure. whatever just happened in that I'm, fourth quarter. We lost last night because Trey shot 15 free throws. And it's like, okay, sure, yeah, that's fine, whatever. Like if Steph goes for 45, like at least we can make like the fun like YouTube clips out of it. Now it's just like, no, it's just sad, man. Like we're, the, we're one of the 15 good games Andrew Wiggins has per year. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking the culture is going to get it up to 22 this year. 
22, maybe 23 good games this year. That's almost one per million that he makes. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what we're aiming for here. He hit his um, quota tonight for the month, so don't yeah, you know. He did. The offense works when your wing is able to hit step back threes repeatedly. What an offense. Uh <laughs> what okay, so you're not too familiar with most of these Warriors players. So I want to ask you, um, other than that, like what James Wiseman, give me your thoughts here on him. So Wiseman looked kind of like what I expected him to. The like the highlight play with the block on Plumley and the coast to coast, that was really nice. That made uh, that made the wife who was just like sitting on the couch with me watching the game be like, "Oh, who's that guy?" <laughs> he was like, oh, nice. he was like, "Yeah, he's pretty good." Um, but on the other hand, he fouled out in what like twenty ish minutes and twenty three, yeah, and went like o of two from three. And it's like he kind of just is what he is. I mean, and it's hard for me to. It's hard for me to sit here and like uh, say like he didn't play that well when like my own rookie like also like didn't make a single basket and Kill, Killian Hayes. Killian yeah. Hayes looks like a uh, a long term project at this point. He looks good as long as he's not shooting, which is like a great place for a nineteen year old point guard to be. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, no, Wiseman looks good. Um, I liked they seem to be you they like they use him the way you imagine they'd use him for stretches but like right. the rest of the stuff he's just like a step slow like there's no way like when they're running like flex cuts and stuff he has any idea what's going on and that's fine like that'll come yeah i thought that was interesting he looked like he was not a step slow on defense he looked like he was three steps slow um but i i, I don't know I, I part of it felt like to me was uh, he was definitely told by Kerr and Draymond like what to do, and he was obviously trying to implement it in real time. And he was either letting guys by because he had too many fouls, or he was like fouling guys too late. You know, classic stuff. But uh, but uh, all it takes really is like one play to get me to thinking that he's the next Giannis or Anthony Davis. So that, that's really all it takes. And we got that tonight. Probably the, the probably the best play of the season by him um, in Game Four. So he looked like someone that hasn't played basketball since like sixth grade honestly yeah he oh well wait hold up i'm looking at the box score he was plus 23 right in a game right. they won by 10 like i wouldn't have believed that if you just told it to me off the rip so like yeah he was he was pretty good tonight from what i can see despite falling out in yeah part, part, part of that too is kevon looney is very bad at basketball that's fair <laughs> just three to five hip surgeries too many my man's uh, looking a little slow right now uh uh, you know, I'm in my mid thirties and Looney looks like, you know, me and all my friends in terms of just moving, everything hurts at all times. So I get it kind of unfortunate cause he's 24. Yeah. What's <laughs> up with Pascal? Wasn't he, he was like second team all rookie last year, only played 13 minutes. Like he's not any small ball center type lineups. Like what's up with that? Actually. So, yeah. Okay. I'll, t- I'll take it. I, th- I think Pascal's interesting here because he's, at this point, I think he's just redundant. Like, what does Pascal do that Ubre Wiggins don't do? And I don't think he's better than either of them. Like, we, you know, it's funny to joke about Wiggins um, not being particularly good, but everything about Wiggins is in context of being a former number one pick and making, you know, the same amount of money as like Steph Curry. Uh, it's not like in context of him versus like NBA players. Um, I just think he's having a hard time with like, they don't space the the floor. Well, he can't shoot. I don't think he's particularly high IQ. Like he's not making multiple reads here and it's just kind of like a redundancy thing. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I thought he had a fine game tonight, though. I thought, like, might have been one of his better games of the season. Like, they kind of just – look, he's I, – I, if you set the expectations that he's never going to make the pass to the corner to the open guy and he's right. just going to go to the <laughs> rim and try to finish, which he did tonight. He finished it a few times tonight. Transition, drew some fouls, right? If those are your expectations, which those are for mine, like, I'm okay with that. The problem is, like, Laz, you can tell, you can let us know where you think the Detroit Pistons, you know, kind of rank in the NBA. I think they were playing, like the Bulls the other night, like a bottom five team in the NBA, right? And, and that's kind of what it takes for, the, for, for, for Eric Pascal to look good. Yeah, I've, the Pistons are definitely a bottom five team in the NBA. Firmly uh, in the Cade sweepstakes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> Memphis getting added to the Cade sweepstakes is no bueno. Now we've got, like – four more teams in the Cade sweepstakes. That's too many. Uh, I need those lottery odds in my favor. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I thought, I, especially I liked uh, the couple of plays where Pascal managed to to big boy Sekou Dumbuya, like, mm-hmm. out of the way for for layups. Like, it was like, oh, like, hey, like, that guy, that guy does stuff. And I'm surprised with the, with the, with the names of dudes I've never heard of playing as many minutes as there are. I'm so just surprised a guy who I know like does stuff isn't seeing more time. Yeah. And I, I guess I, I don't think I made my point clear enough here, but like, um, so camp Bazemore's out of the rotation, which like, I mean, can say what you want, but I'm pretty sure you've heard his name. So he, yeah. he strikes the, uh, you know, an, an, a rotation NBA player. Um, and he's out of the rotation in my opinion, because he's just redundant with what they have. I think the, the warriors like beyond the talent issue with clay going down, they're just short on shooting. And I think at least this game, they started figuring out, all right, Damian Lee might not you know, be a world beater, but at least he can hit open shots, which is now they're just starting to downsize their lineups, which means more Oubre at four, some Wiggins at four. And all of that points out, like, there's only so many power forward minutes to be had. Uh, and Pascal, you know, is another player gets in that rotation. So tonight he played more small ball five, but they're they're just running into this issue where like they have to find ways to put shooting on the floor in some capacity or another because the roster construction, like if you play your five best players, which at this point would be Steph, Ubre, Wiggins, Pascal, and I don't know, maybe Wiseman. Um it, there's just not like you can't no matter how good a shooter Steph is you can't get away with that little shooting and protect or expect it to be productive unless like the guys who are not shooting are literally like LeBron James and Zion Williamson pulling their way to the rim no okay yeah I, I get you I get you um let's see so let's get back into this game we got a uh Blake went down there for a little bit uh are you concerned about that or where are you with that I'm. I was more concerned about how he looked before he went down. Yeah. Right. Like he. he <laughs> what can't, was that? What was he doing? He can't elevate anymore. Uh, and even even like two years ago, when he was still like hitting all the pull up threes and playing at a high level, like he could still kind of get up. And now it looks like he doesn't even want to attack the rim anymore. Like he's attacking to pass, or he's attacking and get fouled. We saw him like you know turn over his shoulder in the post and like hunt fouls on Wiseman like half the time. And like that is gonna work sometimes, but if he just doesn't have the lift to finish around the rim, it turns him into like a really one-dimensional player on offense. And I don't know if you guys noticed, he doesn't play any defense at all anymore. Shocking. And so, would you? Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you were Blake Griffin, that's fair. 
but like the right. i'm just thinking about like right. like there was like a, a play where like it swung to Ubre in the corner and like Ubre is not gonna pull from from three in the corner and blake just like doesn't even bother closing out doesn't even bother like uh protecting the rim either and he just goes like right past him for like a foul on Plumley. and it's like like just get in his way <laughs> like i'm not expecting you to like shut him down but like prevent him from getting to the rim at all like that would be helpful and useful yeah and so and so yeah the other thing is like you saw jeremy grant played a lot better without blake griffin right and so that like that and that is something that's to be expected because he's playing out of position with blake on the floor and at, at this point, it's like if, same if, same concept as the Warriors' issues yeah. with like Pascal and Ubre and all that. Well, we, and we have you know we we have a comparable amount of shooting around those guys too, right? Like Grant, just not not a lot. <laughs> yeah, Grant is like the third best shooter on the team, or something like that. And so, like, yeah, it's just it's it's tough for Blake um, to like be where he wants to be, like physically. It's tough for uh, Grant to be where he wants to be, like positionally. And that makes it tough for the Pistons. And that's how you end up shooting 38% from the floor and losing. Yeah, 38% from the floor and 37% from three. This is, I want to ask, I want to ask about this because Sam and I are going back and not back and forth. We agree that the Warriors just don't spend enough time getting shooting on the roster. And um, the first half, I'm watching, well, first off, Jeremy Grant chucks nine threes this game, which is just hilarious. I mean, just my God. I mean, the guy, the guy gets paid that much. I guess he could do whatever he wants. Uh, Josh Jackson, 0 for 5 from 3. Killian Hayes, Not yes, really we, a shooter. Yeah. we get it. But Svi, Sadiq Bey, Del- Delon Wright, like those guys, I mean, Svi and Sadiq Bey, at least specifically, are shooters. Like what's kind of the Pistons, What what is their mindset towards shooting? Is that something that they're trying to build around Jeremy Grant? Like what is their mindset there? Are they just saying like, let's just, let's just do anything, sign Tony Biggs? I think it's more like, it's more like let's worry about like getting dudes who uh, play hard and defend their position. And, like, if they can shoot, it's, like, a nice bonus. But, huh. like, it's definitely not what we're looking for, right? The other thing is, like, Svi was in, like, a hellacious, uh, like, slump to start the season. He was, like, 2 of 18 to start the year. And he's, like, a career nice. 40% guy. Nice. So that's why he was he was out of the rotation in the first half. Ubre Svi. Yeah, we get yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was, like, it's like, yeah, when, when the one guy you thought would shoot 40% from volume from three, like, isn't making any shots. It's like yeah, the the offense is kind of kind of going to get clogged, and so yeah. But then the shooting is definitely like not a priority. Like defense and effort and like slight shot creation upside is definitely a focus, as seen by the Jeremy Grant and Josh uh, Jackson acquisitions. I, so one thing I can't tell with the Pistons is: are they? trying to kind of be one of those teams who's just searching to be relevant or are they in a longer term like we don't care if we win we we, we want Cade Cunningham we want we're, we're trying to you know for lack of a better term like hinky process it up yeah they don't want to they huh. they want to uh like they want their rookies to play well Right, and they want like to not lose like fourteen straight games to start the year, which is like staring us in the face right now because that was probably the easiest stretch of games that the Pistons have all season. Um, but like they have also said, like we are, uh, we're rebuilding, we're restoring. They they know that like this team is not very good, uh, and so like, I don't 
I think it was like it's confusing to a lot of people because they went out and spent all this money on Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley, right? Like right. that <laughs> doesn't exactly scream like, hey, like let's lose sixty games or whatever. But um, like Troy Weaver just really likes Jeremy Grant, likes what he offers as far back as like his OKC Thunder days, his Syracuse days, um, and like Mason Plumley is just like a decent like starting level center that they liked. And so it was like the, uh, Steve, that's Kerr, what, Steve Kerr would love Mason Plumley. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Coaches, coaches dream Mason Plumley. Um, <laughs> and so it was like, yeah, they just, uh, they just like wanted those guys uh, in the locker room instead of guys like Luke Kennard and Christian Wood. Um, is Luke Kennard and Christian Wood like better players that would help them win more games right now? Like probably. But it's not really the goal. The goal is to get dudes in that they like get Cade Cunningham again get the goal Cunningham. the goal is to have Jalen Suggs and Killian Hayes be the backcourt for the future which would be pretty sweet hey, I like Jonathan pretty Kuminga nice. right just like put a whole bunch of six you need dudes. another big yeah you need you need more bigs more wings yeah exactly more, more, more wings yeah I was thinking Mobley yeah you're right you're right uh Mo- yeah Mobley Mobley seems good Mobley seems like uh the uh like like mini anthony davis like not like, not as good as anthony davis you saw him tonight you saw mini ad tonight yeah no no supersized ad is wise man <laughs> yeah, that's true <laughs> so so you're so Laz, you are in pure draft mode right now so you've been like us in the past 16 months you are just you're on top of the guys already right so why don't we pivot to that for a few minutes before you get you out of here is who, sure. who's your favorite guys because with the Warriors, we ask because we have the uh, the Warriors have the Minnesota pick, right? Mm-hmm. So probably not going to be and, and maybe their own pick. Who knows where the season goes? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? You know, if Kirk and Kent decide to trade everyone, you know, maybe they're in the top five too. So who are your guys so far that have, that have impressed you? So Cade, obviously, like Cade's blatantly good. The last the last guy who I remember like looking at in the draft who was like that blatantly good was was Luca, and Cade's worse than Luca. But it's like it's comparable. Like it's in the it's in the same like ballpark. Um, I like Mobley. We just talked about him being like a little mini AD. Like we're definitely worse than AD, but like a little mini AD. Sure. Um, I, I I need to see Jonathan Kuminga. They're hiding Jonathan Kuminga from me. But like everything I saw from him in high school. Oh, you don't you don't know how how frustrating it is because the these guys are playing in the Bay Area and no one can get access to him here. So it's like literally like the one time because like it, this isn't exactly a college hoops hotbed, right? In the Bay Area, it's like the one time it would be cool to have access to watching this. It's just no, not even possible. And and now they're going to be down in what like Florida for uh for yeah, I've seen that or, Orlando. They're going to do the bubble in Orlando, perhaps. Yeah, it was like no matter what, you just never get to see these guys in person. That sucks. Um, so yeah, those three guys, and then uh, a guy like kind of like a little bit later in the in the uh, in the lottery, still like top ten, Scotty Barnes, the kid from Florida State. But then that's definitely like a Troy Weaver pick because that dude can do everything but shoot. So just more more. Dudes that sounds that sounds like a shoot. Warriors pick right there. I mean, just to just ten ten and ten with twenty two percent from three. That's that's our wheelhouse right now. Well, like, and you've been on that, right? Like, you've yeah. been you've been just consistently uh, frustrated with how like their inability to get like any contributions out of these dudes with these like back half of the first like first half of the second round picks. Like, I, I just feel like, um, and I'm gonna probably repeat myself over and over again over the course of the year. Tonight, the Milwaukee Bucks set a record for 28 threes. The Milwaukee Bucks or 28 threes made, of course. Um, 
they're going to have a top three record in the NBA. And there's just a very consistent theme that three point shooting, like kind of defines who wins and loses. Like I think people tend to miss the point that like, yes, three point shooting isn't everything, but there's a baseline amount of shooting you have to have to be in the conversation. And the Warriors in on some level felt like because they had Steph Clay and KD never had to focus on it and started convincing themselves that they won because of their system and like all these high IQ players they put around them. And don't get me wrong. Like Andre Godala helps you win games. Sean Livingston helps you win games. All that stuff helps. None of that stuff matters. If you're replacing Clay Thompson with Kelly Oubre, if you're replacing these guys with guys who just are inconsistent from the outside, because even as you watch tonight, um, this game was won because Andrew Wiggins got hot from three. He played a he played a good game, but end of the day, he hit outside shots. If this is a more run of the mill Wiggins game where he can't hit those outside shots, none of it matters. So you can say, you know, well, he played better defense, well, he slashed all this stuff. Like, if you're not hitting enough outside shots, none of that other stuff matters, really. Unless yeah, or, you're unless you're Zion Williamson or something like that, which right. like is a once in a you know. Well, it's like it's you're either doing that or you're attacking the rim, shooting like sixty percent of the rim and like drawing a bunch of fouls, right? Like you have to be able to either score from outside or in the paint in order to be able to uh, to have an effective offense. Right, and, doing the Lakers thing where it's like, well, yes, if you have LeBron and AD who yeah. are just going to own the restricted area, it's okay that your outside shooting kind of ebbs and flows. Right. I mean, like even, even the, uh, the Bucks thing, right. Where it's like, let Giannis like destroy people in the paint and like that's and like otherwise shoot threes, but that's the offense. Yeah. I mean, it's, and like, you know, I just feel like sometimes at least in warrior land, everyone gets ahead of themselves. Like, ah, that's why they lose in the playoffs. And it's like, you know, you should probably be more concerned with that when you get, to 60 wins in the playoffs than being concerned about it right now when you have a roster in flux and it's unclear if anyone outside of Steph Curry is going to be a reliable three-point shooter. Although, you know, maybe maybe Andrew Wiggins figured out the step back and he's going to be James Harden. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we should, uh, we appreciate you coming on and um, yeah, definitely check out uh, your podcast. Pistons versus everybody. The Detroit versus everybody branding plus the Pistons. You know how it is. Yeah. All right, man. Appreciate your time. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, in a few days. Peace.